Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now, it's time to thrive. I am joined with Susan Frank, President and CEO of MRA. Good morning, Susan. It's great to have you on. And it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Me too. Well, as we dive in, I thought it would be a good start to start out your journey here at MRA. So how long have you been here? Well, I've been at MRA most of my professional life. And I hurried through college, was fortunate to be hired by a large manufacturer, 2,200 employees, five plants, three bargaining units, 74 general foremen. They were all men at the time. And I was the factory employment supervisor. So I had a lot of on-the-job training. I worked for great bosses. That doesn't always mean friendly bosses or the <laughs> nicest bosses. They were bosses who expect a lot out of me and gave me a lot of feedback so that I could do my job and be the best that I could be in human resources. So that was a really exciting time. And you know, I, I learned to love manufacturing and I still do to this day. Mm -hmm. I love seeing what our members do. Right. And I really honored and respected the people that I hired into mm -hmm. the plant and the people that I supported with human resource services. Mm -hmm. it, was a great, it was a great foundation for then moving to MRA. Absolutely. And you've been here for 38 years. That's pretty impressive. I don't want to ask how old you are. <laughs> Before you were born, though, for sure. 38 years is very impressive. Yeah, so thanks. I would like to know what you started out as at MRA. What role were you in? Well, it's kind of funny, actually, because I was employee 16, and I was labor guy. That was what I was hired to do. I was labor guy, and I had just a few years of experience. Mm -hmm. So when I came on board, I was on the human resource hotline, uh, which is one of our most favored and valued member benefits still today. I wrote content for our publications. Um, I stepped into the classroom to do HR training, so much less specialized and much more of a generalist, and I kind of loved that. It played to my strengths, and I got to do a little bit of everything. But as labor guy, which was not on my business cards, but that's what I was, I worked with a lot of our members, primarily manufacturing, if they had employee relations issues or specifically labor issues, um, I was the go-to. And I loved that. Right. Like you said, it's, it's pretty inspiring that you've got to experience each component that makes up MRA. Um, so you've been here for 38 years, like we said, so you've seen the ins and outs of the organization. I have. What is the biggest change that you've seen in HR since you started as that labor guy? Right, as labor guy. Uh, where to begin? Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to flip that question and sure. first tell you one constant. Yeah. The constant, whether it was the first day I started here or today, is that you can't have a great company without a really great human resource team. I have never seen an inspiring, rapid growth, get it all right in the headlines for the right reasons mm -hmm. kind of organization if they didn't have a really good, strong, proactive, leaderly kind of human resource team. So that's been a constant. 
Um, what has changed, you know, what hasn't changed, um, everything else has changed about human resources. But if, if I pull back from the details, I would say one thing is the complexity of the body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Human resource people, when I began in HR, it wasn't nearly as difficult to get your arms around everything that you needed to know. Mm -hmm. The complexity uh, and, and interconnectedness of federal regulations, state regulations, sometimes down to county and municipal differences, coordinating all of those, mm -hmm. varying expectations of employees having five generations of the workforce. I mean, that's all completely different. And then you add to that just the pace of change. Right. So that's not peculiar to HR, it's business in general. Business is moving so fast mm -hmm. with the advent of different technology and uh, global business and uh, mobile employees. All of those things just create the need to be very agile mm -hmm. and um, kind of be able to pivot very quickly, which creates not only stress and anxiety for employees, because fear and anxiety, stress in employees makes a company less productive. It also isn't good for your team. You, you want to make sure they know where you're going. Right. But human resources is at the vortex of all that. They have to deal with the pace of change. They need to support the team so that the team can support the organization. And all of that in a much faster pace right. than 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think Emory's ability to consistently stay on top of those business nature trends and changes is something that really sets us apart from others and something that I really admire about the company. So that being said, what is something that you really love about Emory? And I know there's probably a lot. There are. There's a million things, but we only have 30 minutes. So um, I guess I would say I love the way that I feel every day because I feel privileged to look through the windows of hundreds and literally thousands of members that we serve. They have trust and confidence in us. Um, they turn to us for help with some of their thorniest people and productivity problems and I take that responsibility really seriously. And I hope that I instill that sense of responsibility and trust and um, feeling honored to be invited in with everybody who mm -hmm. works at MRA. But that's one thing I love, the mm -hmm. fact that it's, it's way beyond me, it's way beyond anybody who works here. It's about supporting great businesses so that they can be good employers, so that they can have strong workforce, so that the people who work there can earn a good wage and a safe environment to be motivated and support themselves and their families. Um, you know, we, we may do that in a tiny way, but mm -hmm. I always see it as kind of ripples on the pond and it, and it radiates out. When you have good employers who have good sustainable jobs, you have a good team, you have a strong community, that helps everybody. So Absolutely. being part of that bigger purpose um, is something I love. And, mm -hmm. Not not a trite throwaway line. I love our members. I really do. Right. I I love learning about our members and the myriad things that they do, and um, that energizes me every day. Right, and that's what MRA is all about. Yes. So, well, we know that MRA and work makes up a 
big portion of your life. And it is probably one of your greatest joys. <laughs> but what's one of your greatest joys outside of MRA? When I'm not working, you say. When you're not working. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I do try to have a work-life balance. I would say just like every other human resource or CEO leader in the last two years, it's a little out of whack right now. <laughs> but we're moving back into the lane, right? As a, as a, as a global community, we're moving back right. into a more normal lane. We're going uh, glad to be there. So when I'm not working, I think a lot of members uh, may know that I own a farm. And... Um, love hosting our new employees and managers at our farm to do a rookie reception and have fun and relax and, 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 and do that. I, I love nature. I love animals. Mm -hmm. So I'm really a farm girl at heart. Yeah, I love um, it. <laughs> I know. I do too. And that's um, oftentimes hard work, but a completely different kind of work than the brain power and focus you put at work. Mm -hmm. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said, I might have that wrong, but I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said, the outside of a horse is good for the inside of a man. I would paraphrase that for today's vernacular yeah. and just say, working with animals and nature is really good for the soul, or at least it mm -hmm. is for me. It's so different and you clean a stall and you're completely done. Yeah. HR people can never say that. They can never say, I'm done, I'm right. clocking out, I'm going home at the end of the day. That just never happens. Right. So uh, office administrative intellectual leader work is very different than farm work. So mm -hmm. I love my farm. My family, I have three young adult children. Seeing them learning and launching into life has been a joy. Um, <laughs> some, some members also know that I met my husband through MRA. And at an at an at an HR conference, almost thirty of course. years ago, right? I know. Of course. Oh, spare me all the jokes about MRA being a full service association <laughs> because I've heard them all. And it goes even deeper than that. Most people don't know that my youngest brother, who I just saw this weekend, he lives in Pennsylvania. He met his wife through MRA oh, because she was our survey manager, and before that, our compensation intern. And so they met on the MRA softball team. So we truly we do it all. And they've been married for 26 years. So it's like, what do you need? Right? right. We do it all. Maybe that's a side business. Maybe that's a side business we should do. So, so my joy is my farm. And just as a little sidebar, mm -hmm. some people through our, uh, through either knowing me or through our DEI conference, probably five or six years ago. When I opened, I talked about trees and how um, I love trees. Mm -hmm. I, lo I plant trees every year, one, two, five, ten, whatever it is. They memorialize people that have gone before me. They'll be here long after I'm gone. And with just a little bit of care, they provide joy, shade, beauty, oxygen. I love that. And, um, we, at that DEI conference, then we had on the tables tiny little seedlings that they could take home and oh, plant. Too. That's an awesome idea. Right. It's a so great idea. I have two trees on order I'm planting. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love that that's your greatest joy. And you didn't know I love trees, but I do. I didn't, and I knew you loved horses, and <laughs> I've actually gotten the chance to meet the horses yeah. and feed them. And Truth be told, I like cows even better than horses. Really? But yes, my... my Fun fact. My <laughs> 
I two cows uh, died of old age, and <clears> I need to get. Uh, that's what I asked for for Mother's Day. A cow? Yes, two. They, I don't want them to be lonely. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that's serious. I love that. Well, now switching gears a little. Oh, unfortunately. Okay. Right. But I'm curious about the opposite question, and we often ask our members what keeps them up at night. So, what keeps you up at night? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm like a lot of other leaders, and I wouldn't say just CEOs, but mo maybe most especially CEOs, because if you're a good leader, you never pass the buck. You know you're responsible for everything that happens in your organization and the experience that your employees and your customers have, it's, it's on your desk. So the last few years, I think I'm, I'm uh, in the mainstream in that I really worried about my organization, most specifically my people, mm -hmm. the people who work here, going through a pandemic and all the different struggles that that foisted on all businesses. Mm -hmm. Again, back to that, I learned so much from our members and I'm, I am really inspired by them. You know, the headlines you read in the paper about business are oftentimes more negative than positive. And that's not just the reality. <laughs> that's not the reality I see with thousands of companies. There are stinkers out there, no doubt. None of our members. But most leaders, whether they're CEOs or HR managers or plant managers or accounting managers, whatever they are, they lost sleep and spent a lot of time saying, how can I take care of my team? How can I make this work for my organization? How can I make sure we come out of this strongly? And I saw leaders you know, ruin their health, their mm -hmm. marriage, <laughs> their peace right. of mind, whatever it was, um, because the buck should stop here. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of business challenges are, like you said, what keeps members, leaders, everyone up at night. But what do you see as the greatest business challenge heading into this next year? Mm -hmm. Well. First, I guess I would say, and this is very nebulous, but I'll explain. Mm -hmm. uh, nature abhors a vacuum. I didn't say that. I don't know who said it, but I'm repeating it. Nature abhors a vacuum. So when there's a vacuum in nature, thoughts, other things, opposite forces, opinions, they, they flood in. They might or might not be accurate or support the direction you're trying to go. So I would say uncertainty that has been created by, yes, the pandemic, but supply chain disruption, um, unprecedented inflation, the talent shortage, um, you know, with no end in sight for some things, businesses are worried about how do I, how do I make a plan? How do I determine these strategies will work? How do I reduce the fear and anxiety of my team because if you can't paint a vivid picture of the future, if you can't if you can't say this is your place in it, mm -hmm. people will not allow you to lead them anywhere. Um, you have to reduce that fear and anxiety and with so much uncertainty in the business world, I would say that's high on the list of most leaders um, um, goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. I, I need to make sure there isn't uncertainty, that we're communicating clearly, that we bring our whole team with us, mm -hmm. no matter what the future holds. Right. And a lot of the challenges that you just mentioned, we're going to be having topics on um, in the near future in the podcast, so we'll get to know more about those and 
cover them. But as we head into the um, next year, um, is there a motivational story that you can point out from a member or something that can, you know, give us more motivation for this next year coming up? Sure. Uh, It's true that um, good leaders don't beat their chest and say, I am so much or I know so much. Usually there are people who say, I learn so much, and they just keep learning and adapting and adjusting and sharing that with others. So there's many inspiring things that I've seen our members do, but one conversation during the Great Recession, so 2009, was in my CEO roundtable, and he's a very soft-spoken, conservative CEO, and everyone around the table was saying, how do you plan with this? How, how could you possibly put it together a strategic plan? And I don't know if it's right, and what if it's wrong, and I'm, I'm doing this, but you're doing that. And there was just a lot of uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. I get it, I was right there with them, saying, oh my gosh, how do we do this? And he just very quietly spoke, and he said, stop. He said, there is no perfect decision. There is no perfect plan. Run your damn business. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And people burst out laughing because it just wasn't expected right. from him. And I've used that. Run your damn business. business. I know, I know, and I don't even swear, but that's just so perfect. It is. At times, you get tangled up. You know, you get, you get paralyzed with fear right. or the uncertainty saying, I don't know what to do. You know, business leaders are expected to make it happen anyway. And, mm-hmm. and still, working with realism, kind of left brain, left, right brain, use data, use, use um, facts, use numbers, um, and then use your right brain and add your good judgment. Right. So you've got the analytics and you've got the good judgment, and you need to move ahead. If you, if you stand in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. you're going to get run over. Right. And the fact of the matter is, with the pace of business, you can change. Mm-hmm. Go back to great communications and bringing your team with you. But adjustment, agility, that's the name of the game today. Right. So don't be paralyzed from stepping forward and advancing. Mm-hmm. Have good, clear purpose and the logic coupled with good judgment mm-hmm. and um, keep communicating about those things. So run your damn business. <laughs> I love all the analogies. I know. It helps. I've learned so much from right. my members. Well, <laughs> We've discussed a lot so far, and I just have a couple more questions. Great. I think a main one is, how does this podcast benefit others? Well, I hope that they would find it as a go-to, that in the human resource profession, life is moving very fast. Um, I listen to podcasts, I call it windshield time. Um, I can still focus on my driving and listen to something I find interesting. Mm-hmm. And MRA um, has an army of human resource and business professionals that work here. I'm, uh, I'm energized by them too, and they bring more than 2,000 years of experience to bear on their topics. So it's really a good collective and that makes it very powerful. We learn from our members, we see best practices, we do umpteen surveys, and, and we really know what's going on in the business community where people and productivity are concerned. And then you add the expertise of our army of 230 employees, and together we serve up information that's relevant, timely, helpful, valuable, 
you know, at the end of the day, I tell our members, it's our job to save you time and money. And so we help them do their jobs better and faster, because that's what this world is requiring. I would say one more thing. Um, especially through the pandemic, maybe always, but especially through the last two years, HR people have been like first responders. Uh, that's what I've seen in our, in our business community. Um, HR people needed to take the COVID call at 10 o'clock at night to deal with talent shortages, to show up for strategic planning, prepare, ready to go. I mean, it was a lot. And I think HR people serve others, maybe to the detriment of serving themselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I see this podcast as um, one way to give back a little booster to give back um, information and something that they can find helpful and useful and maybe a little uplifting in their day where they can take care of their own professional development. Absolutely, and we're going to cover a lot of different topics, yeah. which I'm very excited about. I am too. Are there any topics that yes. you are particularly <laughs> well, <yes>. excited about? <laughs> uh, compensation this year. It just um, Nobody can find or keep the talent that they need. Uh, you know, everybody's heard the great resignation, but there's also the great reset going on, people changing careers completely, maybe deciding to do something or move somewhere. So there's just a lot of turmoil in the talent marketplace right now. Compensation is a part of that because compensation is just table stakes. Uh, I've, I've heard it and I believe it. Compensation is table stakes because if you pay somebody competitively, that doesn't mean they're going to stay. But if you don't pay somebody competitively, they will leave. So you have to get that right as just a threshold baseline of good human resource practice. And this year, with inflation and the talent shortage and a lot of other uh, uh, paradigm shifts, our members are intensely interested in compensation. So. Our compensation trends program on the 15th has a record number of attendees. And we're still two weeks away. We have 1,100 members registered. That says, this is really a hot topic. Yes. And so our presenters are very skilled. They see the landscape through our surveys and through thousands of conversations with members. And they're going to bring that to bear so that our members who tune in can get the information they need to carry back and try to get that equation right in their own organizations. Right. Um, so comp trends and talent acquisition, talent retention. Um, you know, people always think about, I can't hire someone, but if you can lower your turnover, if you become that employer of choice and provide what employers employees need, you have fewer spots to fill. Right. So employee retention may be even more important than talent acquisition. Um, but they are two sides of the same coin. So I would be excited, and I think our members will be very interested in compensation topics and talent acquisition workforce strategies. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm excited to cover that topic, too. But So we've talked a little bit about this, but the podcast is open to both non-members and members, but what is the true benefit to members of MRA? Well, we, we honor our members and we partner with them closely. So uh, we want to make sure that we always, uh, although the podcast is open to everyone, uh, to learn a little bit about us and become better practitioners and business leaders, um, we do save some special things for our members only. And some of the things that we have that are being worked on this year and will be rolled out later, but still in 2022, 
like our learning management system, um, new technology for wage and salary surveys, and really responding to the need to be faster. Um, uh, compensation when you're aging data a year, that's an e that feels like an eon ago, right? <laughs> so we wanted to make it less a point in time and more evergreen and organic, so our members always got the latest information. At the same time, uh, working on MRA's uh, back office transactional kind of things to make sure when a member works with MRA, they're hitting the easy button. Well, Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. I had a blast. Me too. And we'll see you next time to continue the conversation on compensation trends. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.